Father, you are a good God, and, and we love you, and we thank you for allowing us to come and celebrate the joy of your presence. Father, I pray that this word speaks to us today, that your message will, will encourage us and remind us of who you are. Father, I pray that we leave, when we leave this place, we will not leave the same way we came in. We will be filled with peace, joy, grace, and we love you so much. Father, I present myself to you as, as your servant, also as your messenger. I give, I give it all to you, Lord. I will preach this word as you have given it to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What's going on, Skyland? Everybody good? Hey, Tim. Man, it's so, let me tell you, it's been what? Two plus years since I've had the privilege and sharing God's word in this pulpit. I mean, I've tag teamed with Miguel, and, and I think we do a, fir- a pretty okay job, you know, going back and forth, and I think that's fun, but the opportunity of, of also sharing God's word freely, it's, it's amazing. And, and I pray that, uh, that this word will, will be, as I prayed it to the Lord, an encouragement and a reminder to each and every one of us. Jenny and I were actually going over my sermon notes in, 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 the, in, in Holy Grounds, you know. We didn't know it, but we did. I want to read out of the book of Revelation, and I'm going to be sharing chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. I like to use a New International Version because, let's face it, my King James English is not that good, and I might confuse everybody more than, more than I am already am. So, we're going to read from the New International Version, and uh, the Word of God speaks like this. It says, After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes. And were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the word of God for you, church. God is good. And it's interesting to me that when it's, it's rare when I share from the book of Revelation, um, I think that this book is, is a marvelous book, and I'm going to tell you why, because, you know, there's a lot of great wonders in, in, in Revelation, uh, and it speaks of those wonders to come. You know, it speaks of the, the vision that John had and how he shares it, and his vision can get too deep. Um, I was sharing at the 9 o'clock that 
when when I be, when I was when I first came to Christ, I heard so many weird things about Revelation that I didn't. I wanted to read the whole Bible, but I wanted to skip that book. You know, let's just not go there. I don't I don't want to hear about dragons and ghosts and goblins and none of that stuff. So, but my grandfather, who actually is an expert at 91 years old, is an expert in Revelation. He teaches it to churches. Um, he prepares pastors that are rising up in the Pentecostal movement, and he, he, um, he equips them about this book so it would not be misinterpreted, and it will be very well understood. And as, he, and as he would give me a crash course when I was a young boy, at the end of the day, the final page of the book reveals that God always wins. And because God is, because God is victorious, he gave you the victory. So I just, wanted, I just want you to be encouraged about that. So, you know, we find hope in this book. We find hope in this book. Others kind of like when they hear the word revelation, they want to hide under a table or something like that, and it's okay. But uh, every time I prepare to seek God in the message for the church, I pray for that direction. I pray that he provides us with something amazing. And I really believe that we're going to hear something amazing today. You ready for this? You got to help me out, church. Y'all ready for this? Yeah, bring it. There you go. There you go. Bring it. I love it. Bring it. I'm going to bring it. So as I share this message today, I, I, I pray that you will receive this word with an open heart and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. How many of y'all believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to you directly? Amen? We believe that the Holy Spirit speaks, guides us, and he speaks to us directly. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you. That's my prayer for this message. So let's go to the book. So John had this vision. He had a vision, and when I hear the word vision, and I want to be very clear about this. When I hear the word vision, I'm, I'm sensing and I'm seeing an encounter with God where he imparts a special revelation. Now, in the book of Numbers, I love the way the book of Numbers, how God uh, explains it. He says, when there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true for my servant Moses. Now, first he's saying I speak to some in dreams. Others, like he says with, with, with his servant Moses, he says, He is faithful in, my, in all my house. With him I speak face to face. Face to face to face, clearly and not in riddles. I love that. Clearly and not in riddles. So in other words, what God is saying is that, number one, my word never changes. And as, uh, as we say up north, whatever I tell you, you can take it to the bank. You've heard that saying? Whatever, whatever the word of God speaks, you can take it to the bank. He speaks clearly to us. He doesn't speak in riddles. He speaks clearly. 
So John had a vision, and in this vision, there are three key points that I want to share with you. And I find these very encouraging, very exciting. Ready? Let's bring it. All right. Let's bring it. It's going to be the stuff now. I'm going to put that on Facebook. I went to Scarlet and I brung it. <laughs> so, if y'all watching on YouTube, come back next Sunday and listen to Miguel. Y'all going to have a great, y'all going to have a great lesson. <laughs> so, the first key point that I want to share with everybody, with the church, is that when the Bible says, after this, I looked and before me was a great multitude, say it with me, multitude, that no one could count. Now picture that, a multitude that no one would count. As Christians, we want to be among a multitude of people that we can't count. Am I right? So when I look at, when I hear this verse, it takes me back of two dreams that I had in the past. One before being a Christian, and the other one when I started ministry in 2009 in Henry County. So the first dream, I'm going to share these with you. Now I'm not one that says every dream comes from the Lord and I spoke a revelation. I'm very careful with that. But these two dreams, I can, I, I can assure you that God got on my face with these. So my first dream was that I used to live with my grandmother. I was about 16 years old, you know, kind of cute, nothing like now. And, you know, I was no, I, church was nowhere near my radar. I had no interest in, in, in being a Christian. I had no interest in going to church and, and, and being judged by people and all that other stuff. So... I was in my bedroom. We, we, our bedroom was down in a basement, and I was reading a very educational book, Archie and Jughead Double Digest. <laughs> so as I was reading, as I was reading the very educational book, I remember this really big guy. I mean, this dude was just, I mean, he was just ugly. I mean, but he was, he, 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 act, he was looking like this guy from Commando, you know, he, the camouflage pants, this dude had a, you know, it, it was like, he, he was, he was really scary. I'm in my bed, this guy comes in and I'm over here looking and I said, what do you want? And he says in this really creepy voice and he says, I'm here to take you with me, something like that, you know, I didn't really kind of do it that way, but you, you get the idea. So I said, no, you ain't. So I grabbed the shoe and I threw it at him, and there was a door near the wall, and I opened the door, and I was in this jungle. Now, we lived in mountains, so, so I, I go there, and I'm in this jungle. And you know when you're being chased in a dream, and you can't run, and it feels like you have two blocks in your feet? And you're just like, you can't just, you just can't go nowhere. So that was me. And this guy was just, he was just taking a sweet time, laughing, and I was over here just scared to my wits. All of a sudden... I guess blocks were removed, and I started running. So he was right behind me, and there was this barbed wire. And I said, I'm going to jump this barbed wire. I was very, you know, ninjutsu. So I jumped the barbed wire. I said, this dude is big. He's not even going to jump this. I scraped myself. I was all cut, but I kept on running because I, I didn't want this dude to catch me. So this guy comes, and he runs through the barbed wire, and he's laughing. 
And, and I'm over here thinking, oh, no. And then there's this cabin. And I walk in and I run to this cabin. And I landed and the scenery changed. I was at my grandmother's living room. And in that living room, there was a multitude of people outside and inside the house. My grandmother had a Bible and it was open. And in that page was a, was a waterfall. It was a waterfall representing living water. And, and the, in that waterfall, she's looking at my grandmother. I mean, I can't say this enough. My grandmother's knees on the ground is what brought me to Jesus Christ. This woman was 4'11". She didn't speak much, but man, she would pray. And her, she, you, you would see God all over her. And, she would, and I remember she would look at me and I said, I said, Grandma, what's going on here? What's, what's up with all these people? And she said, well, I'm going to go see Jesus. And those that want to see Jesus, they need to follow me as I have his word as living water open. So if you want to go see Jesus, you need to follow me. And I said, yeah, I'm following you. I don't want to go nowhere else. Oh, by the way, the wounds that I had were healed. So I woke up. And it put me to think. So then comes dream two. Dream two, and I've shared this with a few um, dream two, I was going to church. I had planted a Latino church in, in, in Henry County. And I was driving to church, and we were in this warehouse. We were a warehouse church. And, um, and I was driving to church. And at the time, we, were, we had probably 30 people coming every Sunday. We used, to, we used to worship at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And as I'm driving, and I look, and I'm getting to the parking lot, there was so much, there were so many people there, you couldn't count them. I mean, you cannot count them. And, and as I'm driving in there, this one guy comes and he says, Pastor, we got a problem. Now, in the dream, I knew the guy. But if you ask me now, I can't remember his face. So he comes up to me and he says, he says listen, we got a problem. These people don't fit in that chapel, in, in, in that warehouse. And I said, good, then let's build a stage. Grab a couple of guys. Let's build a stage. Put the, put the equipment on. And let's go ahead and have worship. So as I stand, you know, we had this this bang and praise team, you know, I mean, and here I am with the guitar, you know, trying to, you know, and, and, and when I looked, I could not see the end of the people. It was so many people. I was excited. And then when I said, what's going on, church? I woke up. That was the worst. I wanted to go back into that dream. I wanted to have that experience with that multitude of people. And as Christians, we want to see something similar to this as we encounter a lot, a lot of people. You know, we want to see a, a, a Sunday service where people are looking to where to sit and, and, and they can't find them. And then the ushers have to be, you know, get, grabbing chairs and opening chairs. And we've had those in the past. Or we want to see a, a, Wednesday, a Wednesday night where, where, you know, people are just coming and fellowshipping and, and want to know more about who Skyland is. Or a Friday night fire that you cannot even, you know, you have to open the doors because people are outside and they want to see what's going on in here. Or any other community event where the people will come and, then, and, and the parking lots are full. We want to see that. We want to see that. And then when we, as we work and as we meet and as we prepare and as we're trying our best to, 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 to meet that expectation, we don't get nearly as much as what we expect. Then we asked, then we asked the, 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 the great question, why? Why? 
Am I not doing something right? Am I not good enough? Am I missing something? Am I being disobedient? Well, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm here to tell you right now. This is not something for the church to worry about. This is not something that the church needs to worry about. You know why? Because God is preparing the church to pour fresh water. Before God pours fresh water in the church, he cleans the glass. So I'm not saying that our glass is dirty. I'm saying that God is preparing us for when he pours fresh water, we won't choke and we won't drown. Yet we know how to drink it and we know how to take care of it. So be encouraged because God is preparing the way. It might not be now, but it will be. So on the second key point that I want to share, the Bible continues saying, not only were there a lot of people, were there multitudes that John was, was watching and was viewing, but the Bible says, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. Now, this speaks to me in two things. First, what this speaks to me is about the presence of God, a presence of the one true God. And it speaks to me also that not only God is present, he is present in the midst of a very diverse community. As we would say in the streets, y'all feel me? Did I say it right? Where's my youth at? No. Kiki, did I do it right? You my coach. No? Okay. I got to practice. All right. So this speaks to me in those two things. One, the presence of God, and two, a diverse community. Now, when we talk about a Latino congregation like, like, like ours, in the Latino community alone, there's numerous cultures. Numerous. Spanish is Spanish, but the cultures are different. The way we express can be different. The, some words can mean, have a totally different meaning. Our foods are different. The way we dress can be different. The way we, we, we salute or the way we greet people can be different. Some are more expressive. Others are more reserved. Now, in Skyland Latino, we have seven, seven different nationalities. Y'all didn't know that, huh? Y'all didn't know that. We have Mexican the glorious Puerto Ricans. We have Guatemalans. Y'all didn't say amen to that one. That's okay. We have Guatemalans. We have Panamanians. Marisol is from Panama. Y'all didn't know that, huh? We have Colombians. We have Honduras. We have Venezuela. And we have Will, who's a gringo Rican. You know? 
that although Spanish is Spanish and we can communicate with each other, these represent a different culture. They represent a different way of life, a different way of expression. And the fact is that they came to this nation, they didn't come looking for a church. They came looking for a better way of life. The church is already here. So we are just here to welcome them and say, hey, you know, we love you. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And once we leave here, we'll be in heaven by accepting Christ. Now, can you imagine, can you imagine that if everybody from across the street and everybody from Buford Highway alone wakes up one morning and says, hey, how about if I go to Skyland United Methodist Church and worship this Sunday? That would be a good problem to have. That would be a great problem to have. And God can make it happen. He can make that work. God is just cleaning the glass. God is just cleaning the glass and preparing the glass to pour that fresh water. Y'all believe it? And number three, and number three, and I love this one. I love this one. Y'all want it? Y'all want it? Okay. Salvation belongs to our God. Who sits on the throne and the Lamb. Lamb, capital L. Friends, we, we serve an amazing God. God is loving. He is our loving Father. He hears our prayers. Not only He hears our prayers, God delivers us. Not only does He deliver us, but God protects us. Not only He protects us, but God provides to our every needs. And not only does He do all that, but God is faithful, right? On the flip side of that coin, there is an enemy of souls called Satan, and his number one job is to bring discouragement to the body of Christ. Ha, you guys prepared all this, and all you guys got was a few. You guys are wasting your time. If an event did not meet my expectations, then I start feeling discouraged and I start feeling, I start feeling as if I failed. As if, am I the guy here to do this? That's what, that's what the enemy wants for me to believe. But do you know what God wants? Do you know what God wants? He wants us to be reminded that results, that salvation does not belong to Jose. It belongs to God. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Therefore, 
what God wants to remind us is that he wants from us not my results. He wants my obedience. And God is going to honor my obedience. He wants us to not focus so much in what doesn't even belong to us. Results belong to the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Who, can you believe that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land this plane. I'm going to close this out. God is at work. God is at work. He is not ignoring the body of Christ. He's not ignoring his work. He's not ignoring us. God is at work. You and I are part of that work. We are part of that work. We are God's plan. He planned us. He positioned us. He placed us where he wants us to be a blessing and where he wants us to serve. And we will continue to serve until God calls us home. Now, one thing that God works with me every day is with my heart. He works with my heart every single day. I mean, he has to. He works with your heart every single day. Because God knows that I can get very discouraged. I can get very discouraged. I work nonstop. I work nonstop. And there are times that we prepare and, and we, we, we try to get things ready and we, you know, we have people along us and volunteers and to make this work. It takes an army to do what this church does. And, and one of the things that, one of the things that, that we want because when we plan like a Sunday service or a Friday night fire or, or a holy week or movie nights or equipping the saints, we put forth a lot of planning, a lot of planning because we want to see the multitude. That's, that's what we want. We want to see the multitude and God wants to send us that multitude but we're expecting a countless multitude and God sends a multitude of five people five people do you know what the most important thing in each event is is what happens next what happens next Hey, what do you mean, Jose, with that, what happens next? We're getting there. 
What happens next, I have to ask myself, am I thankful for those five? Or am I upset at God because he only sent me five? God will send the multitude. If I get angry and question God because he only sent me five, I'm sure that God is kind of coming back and say, I need these five to be prepared. And I'm sending them to you for you to prepare them. You need these five so these five can be multiplied by five more. Without these five, you will never be prepared for the fresh water that I'm about to send you. If I don't send anybody else, it's because I want you to focus on these five. So you're going to start with these five. Because if I keep nagging and if I keep complaining and say, and having a pity party and saying, well, God, you didn't send me the multitude that I wanted by me having this pity party. What God is going to tell me is you're not ready. You're not ready because you have shown me that your heart is full of mulch. Let me clean your glass and be prepared for what, am I, what I'm about to show you. God is at work. He is at work with you. Now what God wants from you and from me is our commitment into continue to doing what God is allowing us, what want, he wants us to do. But my question to you is, how is your glass? Is your glass still in the process? To receive the fresh water. Now, if your glass is still in the process, God is still around. And he will always have that fresh water and he will always clean your glass. The question is, do you realize that your glass is dirty? The altar is going to be open. The praise band is ready. How ready are you? So I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. We're going to get ready to pray. And I'm just going to say this. Listen. I'm going to close out in prayer this, this message. And as I pray, and as you pray, ask the Lord to just cleanse you. Ask the Lord to, to, to search your heart. Ask the Lord to, to just reveal to you 
the areas in your heart that need to be cleansed. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to tell you that I am sorry for the times that I have put dirt in my glass, the glass that you have been cleaning for so long. But today, God, I thank you because you have reminded us that as long as we're doing what you have called us to do, that's all that you ask for. Because it is not about the quantity, it's the quality of what we give to you. I ask, Father, that you speak to the lives that those that are here as well as those that are that are watching us on live stream and I ask Father that you Lord will continue the process in all its detail clean our glass and pour that fresh water into this body in Jesus name